Live from Cool Boys Central. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just a young boy. So cool. So cool. So cool. I see cool boys. So, Felk, you have, in the uh, tradition of cool boys spoiler casts, you have up in the background for myself to watch Thor The Dark World. So Thor 2, the best Thor, as I was calling it earlier. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to a special installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I'm Felk. And I'm Ballard. Uh. So cool. This episode, <laughs> we'll be discussing Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. So we will forgo our Cool Boy updates and get right into Marvel Cinematic Universe's Thor films. It's time for spoilers. So juicy. I made every fancy uh, old fashioned with a full slice of lemon. And there's like seven shots of alcohol in this. So, Oh, wow. Oh, I am just drinking just the uh, regular old Paddington this time. That's just the rum and the coffee. Also known as a Hollandaise. Oh, Sif. Sif's on screen right now. Jamie Alexander. Sif, very hot. Very, very hot. She, I, I think she is my favorite MCU girl. I know no I, one doesn't like her. I, I might put Haley Atwell or Scarlett Johansson as my favorite, or Elizabeth Olsen. Well, because Haley Atwell's dead. Elizabeth Olsen, I, I do not get. Uh, I think oh, she's such a homely face. Ugh, I get her. I don't like any of the Olsons. I think they're all, like, anorexic. Yeah, I don't care for Mary-Kate or Ashley, but Elizabeth is pretty hot. She's got a good attitude, too, it feels it seems like. Well, anyways, we should get into our quick cool boy rating of the past films with Thor in it in the MCU. So this is not just going to be Thor and Thor of the Dark World. This will be essentially not a, you know, our, our ratings of the films, but our ratings of Thor in the films. So, and also just for a cool boy nation edification... Kevin Feige does feel that the trilogies aren't necessarily, and so forth. I'll give you an example of a trilogy. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. That in Kevin Feige's eyes, the, uh, the, uh, the guy that runs Marvel Studios, he actually sees, like, say, Iron Man's first trilogy, as he would call it, as Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Just like we'll say with Captain America, it isn't Captain America, the first Avenger, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War. He actually sees Captain America's trilogy as... Captain America, the first Avenger, the Avengers, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So we're not going to necessarily follow just the Thor trilogy, but we're just going to look at, like I said, all the films with Thor in it in in the MCU. (laughs) All right. So that would be Thor, the Avengers, Thor, the Dark World, which, of course, like I said, Felk, you have gloriously on behind you and Avengers Age of Ultron. And we will get into uh, Thor Ragnarok after that. So let's just talk about those. So. I'll go first, Felk. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, I actually like Thor a lot, and I like Thor in Thor a lot. And I would give that a four out of five cool boys. Uh, I'll give it three. <clears throat> I like that what Bran- Branagh did. He was trying to – they got him to bring, like, that Shakespearean Hamlet shit to the MCU. I mean, I was barely the MCU at that point. Um, 
and, and bring a little regalness to it. The problem with my problem with the movie is Thor himself is boring. He is a blank slate in the movie. And uh, that's why everyone loves Hiddleston because like Loki was interesting about it. And uh, all the fish out of water stuff was funny. It needed that flipped. It needed that inverted, which is what they did with the last Thor, which is way more comedy, way less pompous regal shit. Um, but it, 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 it's solid. I didn't like it till the second time I saw it because the first time I saw it and saw it in 3D and everything that was at night was unseeable. I mean, you could I couldn't see like tell what was going on. So I watched it on my TV in 2D and I was like, oh, you can actually see what's going on. It was the 3D's fault. Yeah, I I uh I really did like Thor and I liked Chris Hemsworth a lot. Um I definitely sided with Loki. It's um it's one of those things where when I was watching the film the first time, I actually felt like Loki was almost the good guy in the movie. Um just kind of like how in Frozen Elsa is actually the evil one and the bad guy quote unquote in Frozen Hans is is actually the good guy trying to stop the evil freeze monster witch. Anyways, um I really did like Thor a lot. I thought Chris Hemsworth was wonderful. I liked the way he brought the cockiness and the and essentially the godlike um, uh, uh, ignorance, but at the same time, all that uh, kind of you know that weight of being a god. Uh, very obviously, he's dashingly handsome, and then uh, on top of that, he has that kind of boyish charm. But uh, I really liked Chris Hemsworth, and I thought he was a great catch at the time. And I was like, wow, Marvel found a, a nobody to now just completely rape. And um, I think <laughs> Jesus, he caught on. that word. Well, because that's what Marvel really did in phase one and phase two is they were pretty much raping their stars. And um, oh, you mean like contractually? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And a lot of them like stood up for themselves. And it wasn't until Robert Downey Jr. was like, actually, I'm not going to show up anymore if you don't give. I think it was like Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth um, some bumps and maybe Mark Ruffalo, too. I'm not sure. But I know like it was a big deal for Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth to get bumps because if they didn't get those bumps in their pay raise, like their salary bumps, then they were gone. Hemsworth was the unknown, though. Like Evans had done some stuff and he was already on a second superhero. And I mean, Edward Norton was obviously an asshole. But uh, right. And Hemsworth, like you said, he's complete unknown. So they had full opportunity to rape him and they didn't rape him. Kirk's dad was the only thing I, I know he did. Like, what else is he? Yeah, done? right. So five minutes in the very beginning of Star Trek 2011. Right. But exactly. It was so emotional. It was. It was fantastic. When I saw Chris Hemsworth playing Kirk, uh, George Kirk, I was like, wow. That guy brought a lot to very short period of time. All right. Well, so Thor, I said four out of five cool boys. Felk, you said three out of five cool boys. Uh, yeah. The Avengers. Um, I, I think the Avengers is a five out of five cool boy film, but I'm just going to rank Thor in the Avengers. And I feel like he's like a, a three out of five cool boys in the Avengers. Wait, what? That's confusing. You're ranking the character of Thor in the Avengers? That's what we're doing here. We're ranking Thor okay. in the films. Uh, he is my least favorite of the four main Avengers. I'll put it that way. In Avengers. Yeah. He has the least to do. He's just really more of a plot device because yeah. he's the brother of Loki. Yes. He doesn't really um, have any memorable quips. I mean, it's Tony's movie. It's, it's Robert Downey Jr.'s movie. So uh, he is definitely what carries it. His one quip we can maybe get into later, but his one quip that he does do that's very well known in the film, The Avengers, is um, when they're speaking about Loki and how he killed like 80 people or something like that. He goes, he's adopted. He's adopted. And that was referenced again in Thor Ragnarok. 
Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a this is a character detail of them. So, uh, just for the sake of it, how many boys would you give the Avengers, and how many boys would you give Thor and the Avengers? I'll give Avengers four and a half out of five uh, boys. Uh, it would have been five for the longest time, but now that we're twenty-seven movies into the Marvel universe, uh, its novelty has worn off, and its weaknesses are a little more apparent. Um, and I give Thor, I don't know, two and a half. Yeah, I, I gave him three. Um, I think the biggest weaknesses for the Avengers for me, looking back at that film, I think it's solid. I think it's a great action film. Um, it's just I, Captain America's suit is just really off. They just missed the mark on that one. It looks very Party City, yeah. It does. And then, like, you look at him in the first Avenger or in the Winter Soldier or Civil War, Age of Ultron, and he looks great. Looks like Captain America. And, and then all of a sudden, he looks like some dude in costume. They never worked with that costume designer again. They didn't. And, and good, because everything had a TV quality to it in the Avengers, and that's the only thing that I would mark <laughs> it down on. Otherwise, I still yeah. love it. The only the only good costume is, is Iron Man, because it's it's entirely CG. So and Thor's costume looks cheap, too. Yeah, Thor's costume looks very cheap. I, I, like I said, three out of five cool boys with the Thor character in um, in the Avengers. Kat, Kat Dennings just, just introduced herself in, 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 in the... You love Cat Dennings. I love Cat Dennings, and I am not alone in saying if I were Thor, I'd fuck that Dennings over that Portman. See, that's the great thing about um, you and I. If we were both just as Guardians coming to Earth, like you would go after Cat Dennings, I would go after Natalie Portman, and we would be fucking high fiving the whole time. Them titties, oh, them titties. Uh, so, Thor: Dark World, uh, in my opinion, until Captain Marvel comes out, it is the worst movie in the MCU. Wow, Captain Marvel, <laughs> really? Um, have you seen Mississippi Grind? That's not a movie in the MCU. <laughs> no, but it, those directors of Captain Marvel did Mississippi Grind. It's a good movie. Check it out. I think The Dark World is, uh, it's it's either the worst or it's right behind or it's or it's or it's almost the worst. What's the other one? Uh, the uh, the almost the worst is Iron Man Two. Yep. I think Iron Man 2 is is really horrible. And I remember when it came out, I remember thinking, oh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in danger. This thing was a fucking piece of shit. And I, I remember just being like, this is not going to last very long for them if all they're going to do is set release dates and then push movies. I was wrong. Yeah. Because that's all they'd continue to do, but they figured it out after phase two. They re I think phase two was where, I think phase one was the experiment. Can you make six films of different franchises work in one? And then I think phase two was the experiment. Can we really get all these actors and all these writers and all these directors, all these creators to play nice and be able to sync everything? And then I think phase three is the, is the outcome of phases one and two and then being like, OK, we've got it down pretty much. We know how to push people around. We're in three, right? We're still in three. We're, in th we're still in three. Three finishes with the uh, untitled Avengers four. OK. All right. So, yeah, um, Thor the Dark World. Um, I give it two out of five boys. I give Thor in it. Two out of five boys. Maybe even, honestly, maybe even Thor in it. I would give one out of five boys. I mean, he really has less to do in that movie than then like Loki is the star of that film. What's the name? Okay, so here's here's my thing. Iron Man 2, stupid villain, very terrible, but you remember him. You remember like the visuals of him, Iron Man 2, Whiplash. Whip, Whiplash you, you, yeah. yeah. Or Crimson Dynamo, depending on which part of the movie you're watching. Yeah, well, I mean, he's more Whiplash. But you remember Mickey Rourke. Yeah. What's the villain from Thor The Dark World? 
Okay, you're asking the wrong guy. It's Malakith. Okay, yeah, played yeah, by Christopher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no one wouldn't know. Yeah, no one might not know. Yeah, um, and uh, and Malakith is a throwaway villain, and and I think Thor: The Dark World has the has the biggest throwaway villain, but Mickey Rourke sucks in Iron he Man. He does, too. but he's at least memorable because he's so fucking weird. I just feel like Thor: The Dark World. It it doesn't interfere with any other movie. It doesn't create any like you know bumps in the road for any other film. While Iron Man Two, all it was was just like. Like logistically, it was a huge bump in the road. I mean, they had no idea how to 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 utilize the Hulk footage that shows up near the end. They had no idea how to like connect things. They make references to Captain America's shield that they finally try to have to like answer from phase one. It's like there's a lot yeah. of things that you have to answer for Coulson showing up and then all of a sudden leaving to go to like to the southwest to New Mexico. I mean, Iron Man 2 barely makes it as a film, like barely makes it as a film. Well, yeah. Thor The Dark World is at least a shitty film. Yeah. So, yeah, two out of five boys. And now we move on to... Avengers Age of Ultron. Which is another misfire. It is. Uh, but I, I like it. It's a misfire I can watch again and again. I After the second viewing, I was just like, yeah, this one's a mistake. They like Iron Man 2... And Thor too. It just feels like, yeah, just pat it out, just pat it out a little bit. It feels like you know, like you're you're spinning your wheels and waiting until you finally get to that Infinity War. And uh, just the fact that like the end tease is, is Thanos going like, now I'm getting out of my chair. Like that's <laughs> that's what he does. It is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I'm, now I'm finally getting out of my chair. Yeah. I'm finally standing up again. You, the three films you just listed: Iron Man two, Thor two, and Avengers two. Yeah. I would say out of all the Marvel films, those are the three to me from a post production standpoint. Uh, I absolutely um, feel that those three films: Iron Man two, Thor two, Avengers two, all just reek of re-edits in in the in the editing bay not necessarily even reshoots like maybe small reshoots that make them work but like true full-on re-edits and even like digitally changing you know scenes because uh paul bettany even talks about in age of ultron how he shot that last scene with ultron where he blows the last ultron droid away um he said he shot that in a in, in a parking garage and they eventually changed that to be a giant wooded forest uh, outside of Sokovia. And so you can tell that there's obviously concepts that were shot and modified later. Um, you could definitely see that uh, with Thor the Dark World. Um, you definitely see that with Iron Man 2. Um, but I think some of that's even more apparent in hindsight when you have people like, you know, Loki, who just like Tom Middleton, who played Loki, who actually said like, you know, there was a lot of reshooting to make Loki actually a bigger character in Thor 2. Or people like Mickey Rourke, who were, you know, who played what's his fucking name whiplash or crimson dynamo who actually said things like they cut my whole fucking like character out of the movie so you like you know that there was another film they produ they produced yeah. originally well he did he did refuse to shoot unless he could have a, a bird <laughs> a, 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 i know he wanted the bird that's right yeah a fucking <laughs> mess of a human being hey yes i want my bird a bird you want a bird i want my bird I can get you a bird, I can get you ten birds. I want my bird. I wanna fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? I want my bird. I want bird. 
I want my bread. Uh, um, but so Avengers Age of Ultron, I would say I give it a three out of five boys, but I would give Thor in it, like, again, a two out of five boys. It, he doesn't do anything in it, really, at all. No. I mean, he, he. in fact, his his storyline is written to be, go figure out this weird vision I had. Oh, this vision I had is about Infinity Stones. Okay. And then it's like flash forward to the end of the movie, Thor is used for muscle, and then boom, I got to go hunt down these Infinity Stones. And it's like, okay, what? that's just like the weakest plot line. No, ever everything with Thor reeked of reshoots and or like just cut out everything. That, but what it's absolutely necessary. The bath he takes is so like nobody knows what the fuck's happening in there. And nobody understands what's going on when he just like shows up again. He's like, no, I'm I'm pro the vision. I, right. I know. I, yes. I, yeah. I, I like vision. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. When you watch the deleted scenes of of or the alternate edit of vision's birth there's a little bit more explanation of kind of what's going on with thor and where he's coming from but it's still not enough because they clearly they never show in the blu-ray if i recall they never show any of the deleted stuff of thor's bath and there obviously has to be a whole bunch of fucking footage on the cutting room floor of thor's bath into into the vision bath or whatever it was yeah they that was hacked up and you're right thor almost throughout the entire avengers age of ultron is very much just brutalized in the edit and it's funny that john favreau's last directorial effort with uh, marvel is iron man 2 and that reeked of like you know essentially a film being ripped away from a director and re-edited um thor the dark world was done by uh, alan taylor who also immediately ended his career with marvel yeah. after thor the dark world and that film once again reeked of a, a film being taken away from the director and re-edited in the editing bay and then yeah avengers age of ultron uh, also was the end of Joss Whedon's directorial efforts with Marvel. And that, again, being a film ripped away from a director in the editing bay. So was it? Was that the studio? Because I always thought that was um, the response from his fans where he just oh, like, no, I not do this I, anymore. I recall at least reading lots of uh, – uh, now these are, yes, rumors. Um, but I remember reading lots of rumors and things and just kind of the idea was that, yeah, that uh, – uh, Joss pretty much <clears throat> came to a head with uh, Kevin Feige a few times. But um, it was also, I guess, Ike Perlmutter was still quite involved at the time with Marvel. And he's notorious for slashing costs and pushing women out of films and pushing Tony Stark into films more. And so, uh, But he also again fights with Robert Downey Jr. all the time about money. So some of that's believed to be uh, a Joss Whedon-Ike Perlmutter uh, fight along with um, also a uh, Joss Whedon-Kevin Feige fight. It, it is... To my understanding, that is the reason why, though, Kevin Feige did order Disney to give him direct communication with the head of Disney, Bob Iger, rather than going through Ike Perlmutter anymore. Kevin Feige, I think, made that schism in Marvel between Marvel Cinema and Marvel TV and Marvel Publications um, because of Age of Ultron. And that's why, if I'm not mistaken, Disney took full ownership over Marvel uh, cinema for Captain America Civil War. So the only film in between Age of Ultron and Civil War was Ant-Man. Wait, Bob Iger is in charge of Disney? Michael, what is Michael Eisner's job? He's a chairman and the chief executive officer of Walt Disney Company. He knew about, he, he, he knew about Harvey. He had to have known. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. But Bob Iger is actually a chairman and chief executive officer of Disney. But I think he's more of the one that's actually working. Yeah. And I think Michael uh, Eisner is more of a um, background role. Well, yeah, because so it's like it's like 
yeah, so Feige's, Feige's, Kevin Feige's is, is in charge of obviously the MCU from Disney. Kennedy is in charge of everything Lucasfilm, so Star Wars and, and Indy uh, yep. for, for Disney. Uh, Lasseter is in charge of everything animated for Disney. And then yep. I guess that's it. So they have like, they have generals basically. They do. They pretty much have generals. That's yeah. That's a great way of putting it. I I, I just want to say I just loved uh, um, Disney. Uh, like it was at Sunday night of Disney, and um, Michael Eisner would come on and like talk to you a little bit. And yeah, then I remember like uh, Tinker Bell come show up, and it was like the closest thing to me experiencing what Walt would have been like back in the day t- talking to me. Yeah. What was it called? Oh, it was called something like Disney's Magical Sunday Night or some shit. I don't know. Good evening and welcome to Classic Night on the Disney Sunday Movie. For weeks now, Mickey has been upset with us because we haven't shown any of his cartoons on the Sunday Movie. I'm gonna fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? It was on the Disney Channel. I know what you're talking about. No, it was like ABC. It was like ABC back. Okay, in the yeah, it was day. ABC. Yeah, but they they also would air it on the Disney Channel. Uh, oh, I'm and, sure and they, they aired yeah, all the time on the like, Disney Channel. Tonight's P- is Peter Pan. Yeah. Tonight's uh, story is about a little boy and he gets a yellow dog and then he shoots him in the fucking face. Old Yeller. Now there's a new name for terror. And then, then he'd pick up like he'd walk off set and he'd pick up the phone and goes, all right, all right what, did, what did Harvey do? All right. How, what, what is she saying? Do, do, do we have do we have dirt on her? All right, offer her five million dollars, and and tell her if she doesn't take it, we'll we'll release the photos. Wow, you bet. <laughs> Michael Eisner, America's sweetheart. Um, allegedly, of course, right? Felk allegedly. 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 Oh man, wouldn't it be great if Disney sued us for slander? That would be amazing. We'd actually have someone listening to us. I know. Uh, well, okay, so someone that's it. Powerful. So that's our that was our Thor ratings of Thor in all the MCU films to date, other than Thor Ragnarok. So let's move into Thor Ragnarok. Twenty minutes in, not bad. Felk, what would you give it as your cool boy rating? Ragnarok, four, four out of five boys. I would give it as well, four out of five boys. Easily the best standalone Thor. Uh, Easy. With a Easy. big with a big old asterisk of we just kind of reinvented the character. Uh, yeah, is it is it really Thor? Is it where we're like we took we took Chris Hemsworth's new comedy like skills that we realized were in Ghostbusters, and then we kind of mix it with Guardians. Yep. Yep. Kind of right. It's very his performance is very Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's like Chris Pratt, but it's still Chris Hemsworth. It's like it's Chris Hemsworth from Ghostbusters. It's Chris Hemsworth from Vacation. It's Chris. It's Chris Hemsworth though. Yeah, like it's still Chris Scott Hemsworth. He was in Vacation. He 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 is the only tolerable thing in a lot of shitty comedies. And they realize like, what if we made a good comedy Thor? How would that work? Yeah, you know, I I felt. I felt like the movie, um, I was going into the film expecting it to be like a comedy just because I was prepped on that. Yeah. But, um, well, the trailer sold it that way. The, tra- the trailer sold it that way. They were, they've been adamant over and over again. The director and the cast of Kevin Feige have been all adamant over and over again about this is a comedy. This is not a, anything other than co- comedy first and foremost. Anyways, um, but I did go in there expecting like Chris Hemsworth to be truly just this new Chris Hemsworth. And, he wasn't. He 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 felt like he was Thor too at times. Like I did feel like I got Thor. 
like I would say the first act is very much Thor. And then I feel like act two is a really just a complete different tangent. And then I felt like act three did slowly tied Thor back into the film. And I don't mean like the character Thor played by Chris Hemsworth. I mean, Chris Hemsworth playing Thor. I felt like he finally got back into the character Thor in the third act. Yeah. The very end, he, he had to serious it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that that's when he actually starts to, you, the the old character kind of does come back in. It's only when he's defeated and can't make jokes anymore, basically. The, yeah, uh, pr- pretty much. Before we get into it, uh, this was a question we had uh, a while back. I think maybe the dumpster fire episode. Um, I went over all the Marvel production titles, um, and Thor Ragnarok was called Creature Report, and you and Nolan wanted to know what the fuck that meant, and like why this film was called Creature Report. And I said, well, we'll have to wait until the movie comes out to find out what Creature Report means. Because they usually have some kind of small tie-in, right? What do you think it means? Well, there were a lot of creatures in the movie because there was alien creatures and shit. What does Creature Report mean to you emotionally? Well, Creature Report means really only one thing to me, I guess. Um, The only thing it really means to me is my kids watch this show called Octonauts. It's like some British show. Um, and, uh, it's about like these little animated fucking bears that live under the sea and take care of things all day long. So Octonauts has, has a thing at the end of every episode where they go creature report, creature report, creature report, activate creature report, creature report, creature report, creature report, whale sharks are definitely the biggest fish in all the sea. Check, check. And then they talk about the fucking sea animal that you just learned about for the last 15 minutes. So I don't know what the fuck Creature Report means for Thor Ragnarok. There's just a lot of creatures in the movie. I guess that's it, yeah. It's a very loose tie-in. That's right! Go whale shots! Go whale shots! Go whale shots! Creature Report! Creature Report! Be careful of that shit. Be careful exposing your children to British television. An entire generation was exposed to Teletubbies and now they're all gay. Because <laughs> that purple one with the purse. Just, Remember that? Just that? That purple one did it with the triangle head. Yep. Okay, well, let's get into the movie then. So, Thor. We've been already talking about Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Thor Odinson. Yeah, that's his name. We pick up Thor two years after Avengers Age of Ultron when he's left to go see where these Infinity Stones are. Yeah, because time is meaningless in the MCU. What was was, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, like, eight years later? It was eight years after Avengers, the first Avengers, so that would put it at a roughly about uh, 2020. And so that means that Captain America Civil War takes place in 2020. But that would also mean that Thor Ragnarok takes place technically in 2017. Very confusing. Very confusing. Absolutely. All they had to so, do was change that title and not fuck it up. Just not have it say eight years later? Yeah. yeah. Just have it say five years later. Just remember how long ago 2012 was, Disney. That's it. You've got a billion employees. So, yeah, it's, that's right. Spider-Man Homecoming has a thing comes up. This is eight years later, and it completely kind of starts to throw the entire MCU's uh, timeline into question. Yeah. Anyways, but Thor's been apparently searching for Infinity Stones for two years since we last saw him in Avengers Age of Ultron. And he is he's trapped by Surtur. He breaks out. Turns out 
Thor got captured. He pulled that Joker move, right? He got captured to get information and then to get out of there. He he did practically Heath Ledger's the Joker. Also what Loki does in the first Avengers. Or what Khan does in Star Trek Into Darkness. Or what, or what Silva, Silva does in uh, the, the second Bond movie, or the first Bond movie, the same movie? Silva, Skyfall? yeah, Silva does in Skyfall, the third Bond film, yeah, the third of Daniel Craig's. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny that we, like, that we at least start the movie off this way, and we start the movie off this way with the hero and what's been recently a villain trope. I guess. I actually was very confused, because, uh, like, for the first, like, Two or three minutes, I was like, this is a flash forward, right? We're going to, it's going to be like Thor Ragnarok two weeks earlier. I thought, I, because I, I, I assumed that like this was him at his low point. I was very confused with the voiceover, which goes away immediately because it's not really voiceover trick. He's talking to a skeleton. Yeah. Um, I can see that. I, I didn't feel that way. I definitely followed it along pretty, okay. pretty well, I guess, but I definitely can I mean, see I, the confusion I, there I or the confused, fact that you would expect that. It. I was, yeah, I was just like yeah. waiting for the, the flashback, but then he still it had his sets hammer it. and I'm like, but it sets it up. Yeah. It's good. No, it's a good opening. I'll enjoy it more. The oh yeah. Great action. Oh, the hammer, uh, me and your, me and your's not in the film very long, obviously as people I'm sure have seen with the trailers for this film, but it gets some great action in the opening uh, set piece on yep. uh, on Inserter's palace, and it just takes out his like army like so fucking fast and well, and with some great camera angles. Yeah, to to Led Zeppelin. Yeah, to Led Zeppelin's uh, immigrant song, which was used in the trailer. Which is nice because now Thor has Led Zeppelin, Iron Man has Black Sabbath, and kind of ACDC. Uh, and uh, Hulk and uh, all the other characters have nothing. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting, too, about the Led Zeppelin uh, immigrant song thing is that um, so uh, they used uh, immigrant song in the Thor Ragnarok teaser, and then they do use immigrant song by Led Zeppelin twice in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, um, I, was, I was surprised with that. But then they go and use the chain by Fleetwood Mac in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 teaser, then go and use the chain twice in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. So Kevin Feige's cheap as fuck, right? He's just getting like one song. He's like, let's use it as much as we fucking can. Yeah. Use it for the trailer. Use it twice in the movie for all I care. Just use the fucking song. Yeah, that makes that makes sense now that I think about it. Because they, they also re repeat uh, Brandy. Like three or at least two times in the second Guardians. Yeah, but that one makes a little bit more sense. Still, still, but still, you're but, using yeah. a song twice that you you licensed. But that's all. That all started in Phase Three. They never did that in any of the Phase One or Phase Two films. They didn't reuse songs like that. No. Well, that's that's the economical aspect of it. Every dollar is accounted for. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. That's why they can, like, you know, combine essentially a bunch of their heroes into multiple films or in, into one film now. Um, so yeah. So Thor's been searching for the Infinity Stones, and he says he hasn't found anything in two years. But it's very clear right away. Um, you know, things are amiss, and uh, he goes to like you know Asgard, and he sees that Loki is essentially Odin. I mean, he tells right away that Loki is the as I like to call him, the false father, because he's not Odin, the all father. Okay, I, I saw that as basically them them retconning. They did a lot to, like, make up for Thor 2. Uh, the other big one is the they make good on the fake out with the, you know, he loses his hand. Oh, he didn't really lose his hand. 
we'll get to that later. But the I, I also feel like they, they they just use the dramatic ending of that movie since it had no fucking weight, obviously, to make it a joke in this one with joke casting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they did, and um, they with, I guess. They did that with three uh, wonderful actors. They did that. They had a play and they showed that whole scene back done. They essentially reshowed parts of Thor, the dark world as a play starring uh, Luke Hemsworth, which yeah. you might know from Westworld. Yeah. Sam Neill, who you might know from hunt for the wilder people. Yeah. And Matt yeah. Damon, who you might know from some episodes of 30 rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, I, I, so uh, everybody laughed when they saw him. It, it took me a good extra minute to realize oh that's matt damon for me he didn't look like him i realized it was matt damon right away but I, I what bugged me is i couldn't figure out who the fuck was playing the character of thor and i waited for the uh, credits to roll and that's when i saw it as luke hemsworth and i was like oh of course fucking because it was like i had it like i'm like it looks so familiar but it also looks like a hemsworth like it, like it looks like chris you know it was very weird that kind one threw a, me off more kind of a waste of matt damon because like Ben Affleck's Batman, it seems like Matt Damon would be an important comic book character. No, he's just some random Asgardian actor. <laughs> so so there's also uh, theories already online that that actually is the real Matt Damon. And, and he has been taken from Earth by Loki because Loki wanted <laughs> the best it. actor to play him. So he went and got the best actor in all the universe. And that was Matt Damon and had Matt Damon play Loki in his little stage play for Loki's benefit as he was pretending to be again, Odin. Yeah, I suppose so. Guess that won't matter too bad. A lot of the castings already locked out. Yeah, really? Um, running out of actors here. So, um, of course, you know, Thor figures out it's Loki and he ends up going and trying to figure out what the fuck Loki did with Odin. Loki takes him to, New York, right? Yep. So Doctor Strange gets involved. Oh, by the way, so when they go, okay. So when Doctor Strange gets involved, uh, essentially what happens is Loki just disappears and what's left is a little card that says 177A Bleecker Street. I, I'm sitting next to cool boy Andy, right? Mm-hmm. And I start elbowing him like, oh, and he looks at me and goes, I don't know what the fuck that means. And I'm thinking to myself like, oh, it's Doctor Strange. And he's I just like, I don't know spinning. what that is. I recognize the spinning magic as Doctor Strange magic. I think I, okay. So, Cool Boy Andy is not um, like a uh, a nerd or a huge like uh, cinephile like myself or Felk. Um, so for him, he doesn't know much about cars either. Right. So he's just. He, <laughs> but he's an expert on pronouncing soft fucking H's. So you'll have to listen to a few of the last Cool Boys episodes to really understand a couple of those references. But Andy, we love you. Um, but Andy, you should probably uh, just. A, write something like some kind of apology to Phil. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so Andy didn't get it. So, I, I mean, I, I guess it wasn't maybe as clear as it needed to be for the audience members that probably don't follow Marvel. Well, like, I mean, they're like only going to be confused for 30 seconds. Is it that big a deal? But again, it goes to Doctor Strange. Right, and you're there pretty quick. Um, so, yeah, it's just really a big scene. Doctor Strange cameo, right? It's just, and it's just a cameo to find Odin. Yeah. But my thing with it, what that I liked was, and I wanted to ask you this, Felk, was, did it work? Now, what we have to realize is as we're in phase three, and especially when we go into phase four, we're going to see lots of cross-pollination. Not just in Avengers films, but we're going to have like Captain America Civil War, a bunch of Avengers in that film, and some new people. Mm-hmm. You get Thor Ragnarok, 
a bunch of Avengers in that film, including Doctor Strange pops in and out. So did it work, Doctor Strange popping in and out? Uh, so I was disappointed there wasn't more Doctor Strange. Me too. And again, that 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 Faggy, he's uh, he's economical. This is the first time I, I felt where like the um, the end, you know, credit sting was actually footage from this the next movie because uh, that's the the Thor scene that ends uh, Doctor Strange is just in this movie and it's just kind of expanded and, and that's the entirety of, of Doctor Strange's cameo is just him. I, I thought he was going to go out and do stuff with Thor based on what we had seen. And instead, he just basically hangs around that cool mansion and it's like, oh, yeah, o- Odin's here. I don't think you're wrong, Felk. I think there was an original edit of this movie where Doctor Strange got outside with the guys because if you watch a few shots, Doctor Strange feels like he's not in too much makeup and kind of in just like a normal proper wig and just maybe his whatever little proper goatee, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, you know, fake hair. But um, a couple shots when he's all of a sudden was just, you know, regulated to being only inside the Sanctum Santorum. Dr. Strange had all of a sudden more obvious wig, more obvious fake goatee hair. Now, could that have been just from shot to shot and the way they shot it originally the first time? Maybe. I'm thinking that they re-shot some stuff there. And I think that's because... They did originally have the next scene in a New York alleyway. No. Which they eventually moved to Norway. So my question is maybe so. Doctor Strange did get out of, of Sanctum Santorum and then was eventually had to be, you know, left the film his own way. Or maybe he was there the whole time. I don't think so. I think I know what you're talking about because that tra- the in the trailer there's there's uh, Thor where he would be in like Norway in the, right. the green grass in a city. We're, we're hella. But no, I think I think they just I, I think none of that. They didn't actually go to any fancy Norway beaches. Uh, I think they did. I think they did. They did something for some reshoots. I think they shot in a field for some reshoots. Maybe they replaced the plate for the trailer is what I'm saying. They just replaced they the plate you're, for you're the right. trailer to not give away that location to make it look cooler. I mean, that's Disney. You know, there's they, 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 there's so much of, of Rogue One that's not in the fucking trailer. Disney has no problem now making a trailer that doesn't include includes extra footage or change footage because they change right. other shit too. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's a that's a great point. There are okay. So that's been common um, where they have done that only recently with Disney. Um, uh, Spider Man Homecoming had that. Um, uh, Captain America uh, Civil War clearly had Spider Man removed out of the trailer. Um, oh, I, don't th- I think they released the trailer before they he even added Spider-Man to the movie. No, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe there were v- variations just in case. Uh, maybe the deal was that close. Apparently, uh, when it, they've been discussing it more so recently, it's it, the deal was not like that tight. Yeah. But it was when they started production or at least pre-production, they, yes, they definitely did not know when they were scripting the, the movie. They did not know if they had Spider-Man or not. There's a trailer where the airport looks entirely different than the Well, yeah, because Disney or well, not just Disney, but Marvel definitely uh, shoots lots of green screens. They're able to keep things away from paparazzi that way now. It's more important at this point to keep big plot points and big um, uh, character deaths and character moments away from paparazzi. And and unfortunately, that has created a situation where uh, these big studios have to shoot a lot more now on green screens 
just for situations like that. Now, yes, it would have been hard or impossible for Marvel to lock down a Berlin airport for like, you know, a, a month shoot. No, I mean, yeah, 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 sure. They had to shoot that on a green screen. But a lot of that is nowadays they've even said um, they have to shoot a lot of big things on green screen now, not because the scenes are, te- are essentially scenes that they couldn't go shoot out in the public. It's because they have to actually think about this scene, if it's shot out in, out in the open, it gives away a huge character death. Yeah. So anyways, so they do a lot of green screening. But back to um, what happened in Thor Ragnarok. So what happens is, is uh, they do go to find Odin. And in the original edit of the film, they go find Odin in an alleyway in New York. And he's like screaming about the end of the world, quote unquote, Ragnarok, right? Which is the the the, the Norse This is a Ballard uh, theory apocalypse. or you, you've read this and confirmed this? Uh, this is actually uh, by Taika Waititi is actually the director of Thor Ragnarok has talked about this. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So they did have originally shot it in uh, an alleyway and what they thought about afterwards in the post. And I think when he says we thought, I think it means, quote unquote, what Kevin Feige felt mm-hmm. um, in posts that it was a bad situation to have Odin die in a alleyway in New York. And I, I actually think that's a fucking fascinating way to handle the film. I think it, it, having this incredible all-father of, you know, from Asgard, like the king of Asgard, who's been keeping, like, you know, all these nine realms at bay and maintaining order and peace, it, like, just has this, like, really shitty death in an alleyway in New York City. I think that's fucking, like, poetic. I think that speaks, like, volumes um, yeah. uh, to, like, like, I mean, the symbolism there alone right of like this grandiose life in this like pitiful death i mean every, i think i think that's like i think that's like everyone's life and death right like everyone has these grandiose amazing lives from some perspective at least and then from some perspective again pitiful little tiny deaths anyway so i love that but apparently they changed that because they felt that the all father right like i said the king of asgard you know the fucking guy that kept order at bay across the nine realms um he had to die somewhere beautiful so they digitally changed some shots to be norway some of it looked like they shot in a grassy field and then just redid the background though because they actually had some pretty good grass effects at least if they were fully digital the grass was interacting. Oh, come on. Well. Grass is easy. There's and video it looked games. good. There's video games with photorealistic grass. Horizon Zero Dawn's grass was on point. They can, oh they can God, CG grass, no problem. Uncharted Lost Legacy's grass was on point. Yeah, and that's being rendered live. Come on. They right. Can, no, I know. I, I, know. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think a shot from that, that, that entire seed was anything but uh, green screen. Personally. I wonder if they had like a little bit of grass and then they just green screen the rest. But maybe not. Maybe that's it. Um... But yeah, so they did move. They reshot it. They must have reshot it all on green screen, regardless. But yeah, uh, they moved it to Norway, and that's where Odin died. But then, booyah! What do we get? We get a haunting message that hell is coming, and Hella fucking comes, and she's hella badass. I don't. I don't know if I use the word badass. She's campy. Oh. I liked her. She fucking. I liked how she just like. She just dismantled everything right away. She was like, nah, crush me in here. I don't give a fuck. It's the Which, best by the villain way, performance from by Kate Blanchett. Let's put it that way. The best villain performance? By Kate Blanchett. Yeah. What else has she been the villain of? Can't remember. I guess Galadriel acts like a villain no. for a moment in fellowship. No, she's she... Oh yes, Hannah. Hannah? 
She's a villain in Hannah. No, a two thousand. Well, yes, she is. You're correct. Uh, Felk, you're talking about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and yeah, <laughs> she is a horrible villain there. So you're right. Yeah. This is a much better role for her. All right. So, anyways, Hella destroys Mjolnir in New York City. I mean, excuse me. Uh, Hella destroys Mjolnir in Norway. And then she just fucking throws Loki out of the Bifrost. Then she just throws fucking Thor out of the Bifrost. Then she goes to Asgard. And then she just fucking kills the Warriors 3. That was fucking fast. I mean, Hogan gets to last a little longer. But she just takes out the first two, whatever they are. Big Fatty and uh, Robin Hood. Gone. Right? All, only guy left is Genghis Khan, Hogan. Um... And then, like, Heimdall. Heimdall's on the run. Like, where the fuck's Heimdall? No, Idris Elba. There's, like, three minutes of him in the movie. It's really brief. He's barely in it. He's on the run the whole time, and he's trying to save Asgardians. And he, like, fights for a second, and that's about it. So this movie is, what, the same writer as Thor the Dark World? Which is still on TV behind me. So it's, like, obviously that Taika Taika, uh, was the one who injected all the comedy. And it must have all been pretty much relatively improvised because... WGA has strict rules. Well, yeah. So Taika, I think Taika just, he's, he was good director casting. You know what I mean? Like Alan Taylor is good. If you wanted to make a game of Thrones episode, Yeah. but they, they didn't want that in the end. I think what Alan Taylor first film he made out of Thor, the dark world was a game of Thrones, really dramatic, intense fantasy film. And I think they, all of a sudden Marvel and Disney were like, yeah, uh, we need to make this funnier. Or and it was. It, it was it was it was actually a really funny movie. I remember thinking Thor the Dark World. I remember being like, this is weird. This is really funny. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like the right tone for this film. Anyways. At all. And Thor Ragnarok was is from the from its in, in conception, a comedy. Right. So, yeah. I think I think Taika just plays well with the Marvel brand. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, it may have been written more more straight, and they just said like we need to we need to funny this up, and they realized that before they started shooting, as opposed to Dark World, where it's clear that they were like, make Cat Dennings funny, have her mispronounce the hammer. Exactly, Mew Mew. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, something else about uh, this film apparently was that uh, Taika, when he originally did cut the film, he cut it J- down JB- to about a. Uh, uh, a hundred minutes. Jamie Alexander's on screen. Jamie Alexander, I will get married and leave my wife for you. Oh God, she is beautiful though. Well, speaking of hot chicks like Sif, um, Enchantress is a character. Uh, her name is Amora, I think. Um, about and she's like a, a, a Nazgardian, and uh, she has you know the ability to do sorcery like Loki. And uh, her, she has a right hand man, Scourge, the Executioner. Well. Oh. I think what they did is they made uh, Hela, who plays, you know, the goddess of death. Yep. Uh, they made her also kind of the enchantress mm. and they gave her with the sorceriness and then gave her Scourge, who was played by Carl Urban, as kind of like that little reference to the character of Enchantress. And that way, Marvel likes to do that thing where they tie a bunch of characters sometimes into one character, like we talked about. Uh, Mickey Rourke in Iron Man 2 yeah, was really yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiplash like, and also, Crimson Dynamo. That I, my guess is they this were like, we can't use the name Enchantress because there's this thing called Suicide Squad, and that's Cara Delevingne now. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, they could have called her Amora. Yeah, I guess. I hope, you know, Shazam, just call it Captain Marvel and fuck him up. 
Yeah, I think um, Zachary Jesus. Levi, who's in uh, Thor the uh, the Dark World as Fandral and the Robin Hood Warrior Three, he was also in Ragnarok and dies very quickly. He plays Shazam. Oh shit! I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. In the uh, new movie, and he actually called it by Captain Marvel in his Twitter tweet. Bad casting. But anyways, Scourge is a joke in the movie, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, it was it was weird. He has one joke. I saw the movie at round one on Sunday and about 20 minutes before I no, like an hour before I went into the fucking theater news broke of a shooting in Texas. And guess what? There's in there is in fucking Thor Ragnarok. Like the only memorable scourge line is a joke about how there's a fucking lot of guns in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Wow. Uh, my audience timing. reacted with groans. They're like, oh, no, no. Too soon. Too soon, Disney. You shouldn't have made that joke so quickly. Yeah, really. Like, they like they didn't nothing. understand how movies work. Um, no, I know. They, and they it pissed me off because I knew the fucking gun control would be a thing all, all day, and it is today. And it's like totally wrong. The, those are M16A1s he's holding. or prop versions of them, obviously. And like right. if you listen to fucking your, your, your Jimmy Kimball's, uh, you, you, he, he just says, like, I don't think any American has the right to own the M16A1s, implying that, like, Scourge went to Texas one time and just bought these guns. You can't buy uh, automatic weapons like M16s. Those are restricted to the military. It's like, just get your facts a little more right if you're going to make a joke. Or, 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 or just give them AR-15s, which is the demon gun everyone hates because AR-15s are just a, a semi-automatic rifle that's a two two three caliber that's the same as basically any hunting rifle, except it, it was specifically made to look like the badass M16A1s or M16s that actual soldiers use. And because... There's this vague term called assault rifle. Assault rifle is what everyone talks about in terms of legislation. We got to ban assault rifles. Assault rifle is like saying Corinthian leather. It doesn't mean anything. Any rifle can be used for assault. Assault rifle, as a definition, has none. It's just, it looks, oh, it's made of scary black metal, so it doesn't look like a hunting rifle, so it's cool, even though most AR-15 uses for hunting. Um, it's, it's so, the I just feel like, couldn't they have taken five minutes to get that joke right and i wouldn't have cared at all had there not had it not been specifically that there was a shooting in texas like 15 minutes before i walked into the theater and then that line got such groans from everybody it's like oh yeah i bet yeah well i, I don't know if the, uh, someone from new zealand would would have all of that knowledge honestly i mean australia and new zealand aren't they like notorious for not having any guns or something like that or am i wrong uh australia has the band I, i'm not clear on New Zealand's Australia did basically a mandatory buyback uh, in I think 2009. I'm not sure when they did it where basically they just said, we're not going to have guns anymore. Yeah. And every, everybody, a, a more horrific shooting, right? Yeah. It was a mass shooting. And everybody points. If you look at Amer Australia's history, there's no reason why that, that is something that was impossible to carry out in, in Australia. You try to carry that out in America. It's a very different situation. And it was just like, you go obviously can't blame Disney for that. They had no way of knowing this is the first time that something like this has happened in Texas. So like, obviously they weren't referencing any actual shooting, but uh, yeah, it was just a really unfortunate timing for, for one joke of the movie that kind of brought down the audience for you know, like a minute or so. Then they, then they recovered, but it comes back at the end. 
Yeah. I'll tell you what. I, I I didn't think I didn't think any Carl Urban's lines as Scourge Executioner landed. To be honest. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing about that character. It was a waste of Carl Urban. Honestly. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, it was a waste of Carl Urban. Anyways, I thought that was random. Um. So she uh, ends up going into Asgard and she just lays waste to the Asgardian army and then kills obviously the final Warrior Three Hogan. And. Just that was another retconning of the previous two movies. I don't think anyone could name one of those fucking characters, let alone like really distinguish them as characters. They were just like Thor's friends. And the I mean, the girl was the only one anyone remembers because she's hot. Uh, so they just and said, ha- and she it. has a name. Her yeah, name is exactly. Sif. Yeah, it's, which is easy to remember. Uh, so they just they just said, fuck it and just killed them all off to be like, we're streamlining. This is just about Thor. Yeah, I also think it was they were also great cannon fodder uh, for the uh, uh, the Enchantress. I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, I mean, Hella. Yeah, goddess of death. I thought Kate Blanchett looked pretty fucking hot in her costume. Okay, yeah. Well, since we're talking about sweet pussy, um, Ooh. Kate Blanchett's ass on point. I'm looking. Hold on, I gotta look some things up. Yeah, First, see, I couldn't tell if Kate, she was digitally enhanced or not. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. She looked great. She is though. 48. And which is younger mm. than Veronica Avlov. You know, she looks she looks fucking good. She looked better now than she did in 2008. Uh, I don't think that was CGI. I think that's that's pure Blanchett ass. All green. Pure Blanchett. All green and fucking tasty. I didn't like how she kept putting the helmet on and off because I thought she looked so much hotter with the goth hair. But I yeah. know. Oh my god. The eyeshadow, Eyeliner the black hair. and goth hair, so hot. Goth MILF is a th- is going to be a thing now. And and she had like the the like the ripped costume at first too, which is exposing little bits of flesh. Mhm. Perfect. That, that is a that is a, f- a fine looking 48-year-old. She is a gorgeous. Goth MILF. That's going to be that's going to be a thing now. And yeah. Felk, would you say she was a good replacement for Lady Sif, who unfortunately was not in the film at all no, or even not. mentioned, right? Uh, so, well, she wasn't mentioned because they didn't want to lampshade it and be like, Sif has had to go back to her home planet. Hey, Poochie, you look like you've got something to say. Do you? Yes, I certainly do. I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> Another Poochie reference. Yes, I love Poochie. So I'm Googling Jamie Alexander. Want to know how old she is? She is 33. No, mm. Now I'm going to images, and I'm adding the Ooh, word pussy beautiful. after Jamie Alexander. Because Jamie Alexander went to the Thor Dark World with a yes. pussy out. With her pussy and her ass out. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Cool Boy Nation, look up Jamie Alexander, Thor, the Dark World premiere. She is wearing a dress when shot from above. Just exposes how well she shaves. I, I, uh, I'm really that that fucking blind spot being on NBC or CBS, where the fuck it's on. Put that shit on Showtime, because she clearly is okay with nudity, and the whole thing is like I'm naked and I'm tattooed. Show that body. Jamie Alexander has possibly the perfect body. It's it, it is it is as good as human female body can be. It's gorgeous. Yes, uh, I mean, great body, great yeah. great body. Oh my god, I'm looking at the fucking blind oh, spot. Look at that. Yeah, up. I see her. I see. I see. Yeah, Jamie Alexander with all the tattoos is just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so tasty. So, so lovely tasty. Yeah, obviously, that was the reason why she's not in the movie, because she's busy filming Blind Spot. Uh, and then, of course, we were missing Jane Foster, another fucking gorgeous woman, Natalie Portman, and Kat Dennings, a voluptuous woman with huge tig old 
Biddies. Yeah. Um, I didn't even... Th- well, Kat, Kat Dennings is just like a package deal with Natalie Portman's character. He yank out uh, Jane Foster. There's no reason to have Kat Dennings there. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what's her name again? Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. Darcy. That's it. Darcy. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, oh, geez. I mean, honestly, Natalie Portman has a, an incredible body, too. I don't... Uh, I'm... I'm I, I... Look, if Natalie... Natalie Portman, if you're listening, I will fuck you without any question but absolutely if you had to say list 150 women you'd want to fuck natalie portman you ain't on it oh that's horrible that's horrible maybe um, maybe 200 i mean i you just I, I i and that's off the top of my head and i've got 10 minutes to make that list natalie portman ain't even coming to mind uh she, she's just uh she's okay she's okay she's more than okay look she, she's I, I don't I don't I don't know if she's actually from Israel or she just has dual citizenship. I want to see if she's from New Zealand. Uh, no, it's not New Zealand. New York. Um, I bet it's dual. But she no, she has dual citizenship. And you know, in terms of hot chicks coming out of Israel, the DCEU showed you what Israel can produce. Natalie. Uh, By the way, DCEU is not their official title anymore. And I remember I know I know they were on in many shows. Being like, it's the DCEU. It's not. It's not official at all. It, yeah. Detectives Comics Extended Universe, unofficial. Yeah, no, it's not. Because we, Martin Scorsese wants to make a movie with the Joker, so fuck it. We, we're not going to have continuity yeah. anymore. Exactly. Well, um, but you know what? Uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok did bring in sexy wise. I thought was Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson was as hot as Valkyrie. I mean, she's hot in Westworld. But who's she hey, in Westworld? So speaking of, okay. <laughs> Tessa Thompson's in Westworld, right? She's like the CEO that comes in at the end of first season. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. I just knew her from, I knew her from Creed. Luke Hemsworth, who played Thor in the Asgardian stage play, is in Westworld as the head security. And Odin, Anthony Hopkins, is literally the guy that created Westworld. It was a Westworld reunion. Yeah, also Creed. All of Creed is now in the MCU, <laughs> thanks to her. Well, most of Creed, right? Uh, Stallone, Michael B. Jordan, her. Oh, yeah, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I guess the only thing is that it's just the uh, the Hispanic boxer. I guess he's the only one that's he's a real boxer. In the movie. That's, no, he still needs to be in a Marvel movie, and then Creed's in there. No, but uh, yeah, Marvel does has created a few uh, few of those little kind of I guess uh, uh, reunions. Well, um, yeah, and the big one, Sam Neill and Ian, uh, and Jeff Goldblum being in the same movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course. And then on top of that, you have also Tango and Cash in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yep. So whatever. Okay. So but Valkyrie, um, you know, this is what I thought Valkyrie. Going into it, everyone says she's the, she's the knockout. She's a standout. Um, she's a knockout for sure. She's, she's a okay. standout for sure. But she's not great. No. She's just so drunk and so sassy. It was it was it was a uh, dial back the the sassiness i feel like it was it was a little too much i'm a character like yeah but i mean for me a character that like is a character that like a real 3d character isn't just somebody who chugs whole bottles of fucking like alcohol and then just smashes them and then like falls over like a classic like drunk i mean it was a little too drunk you know what i mean like tony stark played drunk in iron man 2 pretty well when he was apparently just being poisoned by his you know his uh, arc reactor in his chest that was um, so dumb. tessa i felt did not play drunk she played this weird cartoon yeah. drunk yeah 
I wouldn't be surprised to find out she's never she doesn't actually drink alcohol. I yeah, I would not be surprised either. But um, her action sequences were great. She looked good, and when she wasn't being quote unquote drunk, um, I thought her character was actually fun to watch, and uh, and she eventually did create like a. A little empathy for her character with her backstory, and you kind of did care a little bit about her going into the battle um, at the end in the third act. I cared very little. I, I said I said I, a little. I yeah. didn't say a lot. I'll say very little. But then you know, I mean, so Valkyrie shows up when uh, Thor lands on uh, on Sakar, and he is he's captured by these people who want to either eat him or turn him into a champion, I guess, or something. And uh, the, they, the first people just want to eat him. Then then she takes him to the champion. She takes him to be a champion. Yeah. The other people don't care. They just want to eat and him. she takes him to the grandmaster uh-huh. played by Jeff Goldblum. And as you've mentioned earlier, Felk, again, this is a reunion of Jurassic Park. We have Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum in the same fucking movie again. Couldn't get him. No scenes. Yeah, no scenes together. They probably never even met. Um, but yeah, I mean, that 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 means something. I thought Jeff was so grand and so Goldblum. Too bad Laura Dern is in Star Wars. Well, I guess she could be in the MCU in Star Wars. It's not that big a conflict because they can get a full they can get a full fucking reunion there. You do know that the Star Wars comics are published by Marvel. Yeah, but they're not in the MCU. Well, no, there's, All right, there's some leeway there. Whatever. Uh, a little leeway there, maybe. Well, um, I loved I, everything Jeff Goldblum did was obviously improv and yes. was on point. I mean, he nailed it. Everything he did, every twitch, every little hand gesture, the way he just held his little Jeff Goldblum body, fucking perfect. And the way yeah. he just wore robes, I mean, you just believed every moment he uh, had a huge boner. It's very clear that now Jeff Goldblum just shows up and it is Jeff Goldblum and everyone's fine with it. That's what he did in Independence Day Resurgence. It was just like, yeah. just, just, just Goldblum, just Goldblum it up. You know, I think, I think you're right. I think there are a few actors out there that have this opportunity. I feel Jeff Goldblum shows up to Goldblum. I feel like Samuel Jackson shows up to be Sammy J. Yeah. And I feel like if you hire Gibson, you're just getting Gibson. Yeah. 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 The, 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 like what, what, uh, daddy's home too. is just like, just play, just play Mel Gibson. It's fine. <laughs> just be Mel Gibson. God bless him. Oh, and one of the great things about uh, Goldblum's character, Grandmaster, is his henchman. Uh, she had no name, at least I, 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 I can recall, but her the actress's name is Rachel House. She's in Hunt for the Wilder People. She's the fucking best. Who is this? Who is this? So this is the fat chick that's just behind Jeff Goldblum. I knew you'd describe it that way. That's why I asked. I knew who it was. <laughs> I wanted you to is- say fat woman. She's so fucking funny. I love her. I love her to death. I I laugh my ass off whenever she says anything in the hunt for the wilder people. She is just perfect. Her delivery is just so dry and so on point, and she's so serious, but she is so in on the joke. I just love the way that this actress handles her lines. And again, did not disappoint Thor Ragnarok. Rachel House killed it. I fucking loved her. I'd watch a whole movie with just Rachel House and Jeff Goldblum playing Grandmaster and his fucking assistant security guard or whatever. And I loved, I loved when Jeff Goldblum would just get pushed around by her in his little like space wheelchair and he just didn't move. Like he would just sit in things and just get transported around. Oh, it was awesome. 
Yeah, those. I, that's. I have nothing to add to the Rachel House discussion. I thought well, she how was, about this? She was fine. <laughs> Did you like Jeff Goldblum's Jeff Goldblum's? I I, I love I love I love that Jeff Goldblum was in the movie. Uh, it was it was very clear that they had just regular dialogue scripted for him, and it's like just get the gist of it out and and get, yeah. and, and be Jeff Goldblum the rest of the time. And he feels like a Marvel's alien, and that's what I love about Marvel's aliens. I like Marvel aliens because they are Star Wars aliens. You know what I mean? They're they're people in alien suits. They are I mean they are CGI aliens for sure, but they are mostly just extras that are based around people in alien suits or people with just different color skin, whether it be yellow, green, blue. I agree. And you know who didn't work for me, but in the exact same vein was Benicio del Toro. I thought he was just too weird. Okay, so the collector, which you're talking about, Benicio yeah. del Toro, also known as Tanelier Taiwan, he's actually the brother to the character Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum. I didn't know They're that. brothers. I wonder if they'll mention that in the MCU. He's dead, right? Benicio's dead? No, he's not dead. No, in fact, um, interesting enough, Phil, when we leave uh, the collector, Benicio del Toro, in Guardians of the Galaxy, he's with Howard the Duck, and he's with Cosmo the Dog, and they're just drinking in rubble of his, uh, you know, his once amazing museum, uh, his collection. Um, and when we leave Jeff Goldblum's character of the Grandmaster... He's just in also rubble of Sakaar. Now, this is just a trash planet. And he's looking at people that just essentially revolted against him in a revolution. I, they're both just completely down on their luck, and they're these ancient beings. Yeah, they're going to be the main villains of Avengers 7. The, yeah, the, exactly. The, Jeff the, Goldblum and Benicio Del Toro. The hunt for Curly's gold. <laughs> Quest for Curly's gold? Yeah, it's, I think it's uh, search for Curly's the, gold. The search. search no, what is it? It's a search. It's a search for Curly, Curly's gold. City Slickers oh, 2. The search. Okay. Two. Yeah. Mm. Saw that in the theaters, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the Grandmaster, obviously, he talks to Thor. And we find out Loki's been hanging out with the Grandmaster for about two weeks. So we realize that time's all weird on this Sakaar planet. Which is and never referenced again. Never referenced again. And then um, all of a sudden, um, you know, Thor wants to get off the planet. Grandmaster's like... You got it, buddy. You just got to fight my champion. He sends him down to the pits. We get a new Chris. We get a new Thor. And we get a new haircut by Stan mm-hmm. Lee. Our Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. Yeah, fuck off, by the way, like that, that with that haircut. Like, the haircut's a torture. You know, it's like, or not a torture. He's just like, don't cut my hair. No. And then he has, like, a perfect haircut and looks better than I ever will. Fuck off. No, he had uh, marks in it, right? He had the lines in it. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the strategically, like shitty haircut that was outside of those lines is like what you'd pay fucking $80 for at least to get it that fucking good of it. That, that was no super cuts job. They did the same thing with uh, Tom Hardy's hair in, in Fury Road where like they shave his head, but it just looks, it looks really cool. It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. I know it's true. It's funny. I, I get on the walking dead for shit like that too, to be honest. I mean, yeah, it's true. It, it was a it was it's a gorgeous haircut for this this new so handsome and so funny Thor. Yeah. And in general, I did think Thor's action was great throughout this film. And then he goes on into this gladiatorial pit, but before he fights, he finally puts on the helmet. Now, I don't know if this is a big deal to you, Felk, but Thor, played by Chris Hemsworth, not wearing a helmet in The Avengers, Thor the Dark World, or Avengers Age of Ultron is a 
fucking huge issue. I'm not one of these fans, but a lot of fans get pissed off that he only wore a helmet once in Thor, and it was just for this fucking, like, opening sequence in, in Asgard. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's never worn a helmet before, and that's, like, how he's been drawn so many times, and it's a huge part of his character. So, But Chris Hemsworth has said he hates the idea of wearing a helmet. Yeah. Hides that pretty fit. You don't, you don't pay for that hair and that face and then hide it. Let's well, you're right. You don't. There's there's a reason why they figure out a way to show Robert Downey Jr. even when he's in the helmet is because it's like we pay for the face, you know. It's true. We want to get that face up there. Show it. Give us all those facials. But um, wearing the helmet in the uh, in the arena on Sakar is a is a big deal. I'm sure to fans. I'm sure it made a lot of fans happy, and it was for sure fan service because it was designed to look like Thor's helmet. Even though it's just a random helmet he grabbed. Exactly. Just a random helmet that looks exactly like Thor's kind helmet. Kind of a gladiator reference, and I like that. My name is Gladiator. And then he went and fought the Hulk. Oh, well, what a huge fucking twist and a huge surprise for the audience. That was so great. I didn't. I had no way of knowing that the Hulk was... Phelps, was, did you not see that coming? Uh, no, I had no idea. That I didn't see that coming. Four trailers and a poster with Hulk on it. Yeah, that's clearly a case of the movie not knowing that was going to be given away. Yeah, because they do play it off in the movie like you're not supposed to know who this character is that the champion that Thor will have to battle. Meet Jim Carrey as Truman. He's in a TV show. <laughs> but when you watch the movie, you, you, that won't be mentioned for an hour and 20 minutes in because it's clearly a twist that was not made to be given away in the trailers. Yeah, I love those kind of movies, and I really hate that you know we live in this age where that's harder to come by because trailers give things away. But Superman's not in, in Justice League. No, he's not. Clearly, he's not. He's dead. He is dead. He died in Batman v Superman. Yeah. So back to this uh, Thor Ragnarok, we get after, uh, a Hulk fight with Thor. So this is what Thor versus Hulk three or two? Uh, just two. They've only fought. They fought in, in uh, Avengers, and that's it. But some people count that sucker punch that Hulk gives Thor eh. in the Avengers as a second fight. Yeah, I think it was just Hulk remembering that they fought. So this is part two of their fight, and who won, Felk? Uh, it's argued that Thor won until the, he was sapped. So Thor definitely, I think, is the winner. I think, unfortunately, though, he is, yeah, tased, and he is gets pounded, I guess, into oblivion by a Hulk, but then he wakes up in Hulk's apartment. That's the biggest fucking loophole in the entire film. Yeah, they don't really explain why they put him in Hulk's apartment. That doesn't make any sense. Unless it was just like the recuperating area. My guess is this. I guess the grand... I mean, this is me, like, you know, creating plot to explain this, but my guess is that the Grandmasters saw this incredible fight between Thor and Hulk and thought, I should have this fight again. Um, why don't I just let them hang out with each other? Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> it was just necessary for the plot. No fuss, no must. It was plot, and that was it. Just keep it going. Um, oh, I, I liked the fight in general. I thought it was a good fight between Thor and Hulk. I thought it was well animated, good shots, good cinematography again. I think Taika Waititi does a great job shooting action. Yeah. Um, Hulk did throw Thor like he threw Loki in the Avengers. Yeah, and they reference it, which is... Yeah, they totally bash him around. But Loki was like, yeah, that's how, that's how that feels. Ragdoll. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Loki says that that's how that feels or whatever. Yeah, yeah. the ragdoll effect. Yeah, which is 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 uh fun. I guess. He didn't have his hammer, which was which was neat seeing Thor fighting with how how does Thor fight without his hammer? Right. So that got into a point where we got our first look into Thor 
Um, and that how he won the fight by being the God of Thunder or quote unquote, as the Grandmaster referred to him, the Lord of Thunder yeah. from Asperg. Using the Odin Force, I think it's called. The Odin Force. Yeah. Um, so this is a reference to, in the comics, I think, to the character of old uh, King Thor. Yeah. And it's, it's a character of Thor much later down the road where he's come in control of all these powers and he's also uh, lost some other things we can get into later. But um, yeah. what really uh, uh, this constitutes this, this gladiatorial sequence, it's Planet Hulk. Yes, it is. And I don't know much about Planet Hulk. I can sum up Planet Hulk very easy. Okay. Hulk, okay, this is the story Planet Hulk from the comics, all right, for the, for, for the most part, just very generalized. Hulk is a menace on Earth to some extent. No matter what, if he's ever released, he can cause, you know, untold damage and countless lives can be lost. So the Marvel um, Illuminati sends him into space. And that, if I'm not mistaken, that's Doctor Strange, Black Panther, uh, Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, and Tony Stark, Iron Man. And they um, send Hulk into space and what they have a destination for Hulk to land on a planet that is uninhabited by any wildlife other than things that he can eat. And and that's it. And so he would be able to live in peace forever. What happens is he hits some kind of like asteroid or comet, forget what, and he flies off and he goes to a different destination. And he lands on another planet. Fast forward, what happens is, is do you know the movie Gladiator? It's like one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I, yeah, I know it is. I know. We t- we've, we've had many conversations offline of, of about Gladiator. Imagine Hulk is Maximus. He gets taken into gladiatorial games, creates a revolution because he's the best gladiator champion there ever has been, and starts in complete takeover of, of this empire or this planet, almost as if it was like the Roman Empire. And... and it's his planet, and he's and he's and he's in control, and he wants to go back to Earth and all that shit for World War Hulk, and that's a whole another story. Yeah. So that's Planet Hulk. Yeah, that that's they used enough of it. They used the basics, right? So they use he's a gladiator, revolution, and Hulk super popular. That's about it. No, that's right? all they, that's and, all they and, needed plot wise. And we know and we know that Hulk got taken to another planet. Yeah, so they cherry picked the best parts of Planet Hulk, um, including. Cherry picking two characters directly out of uh, Planet Hulk, Korg and Meek. Now, some people call him Mike. I thought it was pronounced Meek, and I think in the movie they called him Meek. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was Taika Waititi. As the... No, Taika Waititi was Korg. He's yeah. a Cronin. The Cronins are the the rock beasts that Thor he, he like crushed one in uh, in Thor two. That's memorable. It is. Yeah. It's the only memorable scene. He takes out that that uh, the Cronin. Well, Korg is a Cronin as well, a rock a rock creature. He's played by Taika Waititi. Meek is a Sakaran, and so the Sakarans we've seen before in Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember when um, Drax is like, "I like Sakarans. They're like paper people to me." I, you know, because he just beats them. Up. They're, they're like the stormtroopers. Oh, okay. So they also have. This a is different- weird because that's that's fucking not talking literally. That's that's a metaphor. And his whole what thing is? is that that he can't Drax. He can't use metaphor. He like only understands language. Oh, really. you're right. That that always that bothered me. I was like, that's interesting. That's an analogy or a metaphor. I'm not sure which. It's uh, it's not really a metaphor, but it is an analogy. And it's they're an very analogy. close. They're closer. They're close enough in concept that he should be able to grasp either. Yeah, it was very weird. So so Meek, as I will call him, 
he's a different kind of Sakaran. He's more of an insectoid uh, Sakaran. The other ones are more like people shaped, but they still have insect faces. So we got to see kind of the two different types of Sakarans that we at least know of at this point. Um, they were, as I thought, Felk, Korg and Meek were much needed comic relief in this film. I thought there was enough comedy as is. Oh, really? You, you, didn't, you didn't think you needed just two random comedy, like comedic comic relief characters? No, I thought there was enough comedy. Oh, that's weird. I, I was sitting there like this whole movie going, this movie's not been funny enough. I just need two random aliens right now. Are you being sarcasm-y? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I actually didn't care for Taika Waititi's Korg, um, but I did like this end joke where Meek is supposed to be dead and they Meek isn't dead. That line's funny. Am I wrong in thinking that the CG was kind of bad? You know, the CGI just looked like it was supposed to be stylized. I thought it was a little, it was a little weak, cartoony. Yeah, it was a little TV. Yeah, I don't know if it was TV because it didn't have like that weird like missing render pass where they get rid of the shine, but it did have like a real 80s cartoon yeah. like design work to it. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, I love when Thor tries to calm Hulk with Black Widow's move. Sun's getting real low, big guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that, that, that was weird because isn't she fucking Hulk? I mean, isn't that the whole thing? Is yeah, it? but I love, the, I love the idea that Thor doesn't get that. Thor's just saying this thing that, he's, that he thinks works for the Hulk. He doesn't realize that it's her seductiveness that is calming the Hulk. It's not these words, yeah. right? It's not supposed to be like anybody can say these words and calm the Hulk. It's literally this sexy-ass fucking Scarlett Johansson Black Widow chick. With this hot like cat suit she's in, God it's damn. saying these words to me. Yeah. Oh, and then speaking of, so when uh, so Natasha Romanoff is what makes um, the Hulk change back to Bruce Banner. Yes, indeed. My favorite moment in the whole film is when Bruce Banner finally changes into the Hulk. Intentionally. And he falls out of the out of the spaceship just like you know Edward Norton's Bruce Banner did at the end of the Incredible Hulk. And it's it's taken out of the Ultimates comic book. And uh, what happens is when in the comic book, Hulk falls to the ground, but the process of falling to the ground makes, you know, Bruce Banner so angry and or the Hulk so angry to save Bruce Banner that he just kind of, you know, comes out of Bruce Banner and becomes the Hulk and survives the crash landing. Yeah, That's how they explain it. Yeah, it's instantaneous because in Avengers, he does say he tried to shoot himself by putting a gun in his mouth. And, and the the other guys spit it out. So like right, and that's also a reference to uh, a deleted scene from The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, so he can't die. He basically can't die because he becomes the Hulk instantaneously, pretty much. Yeah, and also that deleted scene, that deleted opening to The Incredible Hulk, also has when Hulk gets pissed off because he was quote unquote almost part of suicide that Bruce Banner was trying to commit. It's good that they didn't show that. <laughs> he smashes the ice, and in the broken ice, you see. Captain America with his shield all frozen, getting knocked up in icebergs. And then you, you're supposed to go, oh, that's what broke him free. But they deleted that. That's never in The Incredible Hulk. Um, Good. But uh, so in The Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton's Bruce Banner falls out of a helicopter, does the same thing like in the comic books, right? Instantaneous, like you said, Felk, boom, becomes a Hulk. In this one, Mark Ruffalo falls off a spaceship, lands on the Bifrost Bridge, and then just bounces like a fucking dead human being onto the fucking ground. That would have killed him if he was human, though. So I'm guessing that, like, the Hulk transformation was internalizing at that point. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what it was. But fuck me. I laughed my ass off. When it was I saw funny. That. It was funny. I mean, I, I actually did laugh this whole movie. I loved it. But that was by far my biggest. Yeah. Um, I like dogs, and I didn't like that you had to, he had to fight a dog. Yeah, I like dogs too, but I'm okay with that kind of stuff. I just wanted to have a Fenris wolf. 
I liked seeing it, but yeah, it did suck that that was something that was just designed for Hulk to do in the fucking third act. Yeah, they had to give him something big to fight. They they literally took him out of the fight just by pr- creating this one like character, this giant wolf dog to fight the Hulk. That was it. There's no yeah. point in this character otherwise. Because he couldn't fight Kate Blanchett. Yeah, what would the, how would the Hulk have done that? And that's another shot in the trailer that was not in the film. There's a shot where it shows, like, quote-unquote, the Revengers walking up Bifrost and Hulk's just standing there. Yeah. Well, Hulk's not standing there. That never happened. Nope. Hulk fucking was fighting this wolf. Yeah, that, that, like I said, the trailers, are they now are comfortable with the idea that the trailer are giving you an idea of the movie, not actual scenes from the movie. Right. And so, yeah, the movie uh, essentially... Climaxes with um, uh, Hulk and Thor and Valkyrie and um, Loki all breaking free of Sakaar, starting this revolution against the Grandmaster, and then going back to Asgard to go fight Hela. Yeah. That's where uh, Hulk fights the Fenris Wolf. That's when, you know, they have to essentially save Asgard and everything. Because um, And that's when Thor even realizes that as a king, Asgard's really the people. Asgard's not this location. So he just starts, you know... Yeah. Getting everybody on the fucking giant spaceship yeah. so they can go create a new Asgard somewhere else. There's, and that's when he realizes, just fucking let Surtur come because Ragnarok is actually a good thing. So Ragnarok in Norse mythology, my understanding is it doesn't necessarily mean like an apocalypse in the sense of like everything's dead and gone and that's it. It's my understanding that it's more like the Mayan calendar where it's... Uh, it's more like when it comes to an end, it restarts. And so just keep chopping in off the comics, when Ragnarok comes, um, all it means is that they're just going to rebuild Asgard again. And there's a new Thor and a new Odin and a new Loki. And they all just cycle and cycle and cycle. These Ragnaroks. They Apocalypto cycle. is about mine. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Apocalypto, baby. Mel Gibson. Gibson. Sugar tits. Audience, listen to Sugar Tits. Great episode. So Thor, I guess, yeah, he realizes, you know. That, like, you know, Asgard is literally 150 people, and that's it. Well, you know what, Felk? I think that 150 people is because those are the survivors that Heimdall saved from Hela's, like, mass, like, destruction yeah, of everybody. Yeah, I, I, I think that sounds right. Whatever it being. So, uh, uh, so uh, you know, Thor wants to save everybody, and he unleashes Surtur, who we had at the beginning of the film. Call and back. Thor had stopped Surtur in the beginning of the film well, he, by taking his crown. Well, he releases the, the Surtur by putting the crown in the internal flame and oh actually i think loki does that but what was interesting yeah, loki was does that. loki looks at the uh tesseract and um yeah, he clearly takes it so he took it huh yeah he has it okay interesting i thought he i thought that that seemed about There's right like two infinity gems stones in in that in that lockdown there's there's the tesseract and there's another one right no, the other one. Okay, so you're okay. So the one you're thinking of is the ether from Thor: The Dark World. That's actually was with the collector. Okay. The Nova has the um, the uh, power stone. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, the collector has the reality stone. Yeah. Uh, uh, Asgard has the space stone, and Earth has the mind stone. Envision's as head. well as Envision's I think, forehead, right? That's on Vision's forehead. I think that's it. Oh, and has the um, time stone with Doctor Strange's uh, Eye of Agamotto. Okay, so that's in Greenwich Village. Yeah, the only stone left, actually, is um, the uh, Soul Stone. Uh, that's the orange stone. Yeah. And in the Thanos theory, 
every one of the stones is tied to a letter in the name Thanos. Tesseract, T. Yeah. Ether, spelled with an A, is the A in Thanos. N, right? Okay, so N is, hang on, necklace, I of Agamotto. The O is the orb from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And the S is the staff with the Mind Stone in it that Loki held onto. The Scepter. What's the Soul Stone? The only Soul Stone left is H. We don't know what that is. A lot of people think that's Heimdall. No, the Soul Stone. I'm assuming the Soul Stone is going to show up in the one remaining movie because Black Panther? Soul. Soul Train. Oh, God. Soul Food. So the reference, so the reference is, and they thought, people thought it was Heimdall because H would work. Plus Heimdall has orange eyes, and Heimdall says he can see all the souls. But I think you're actually right, Felk. I think it is. I think it's Black Panther. I think in Wakanda they have the Soul Stone somewhere. Yep. Um, we also earlier, by the way, in Odin's uh, throne room, we saw Hela uh, knock over an Infinity Gauntlet and say fake. Uh, so I guess that that was a big deal for some fans as well because that was a right-handed glove. And the uh, Infinity Gauntlet that we've seen Thanos actually hold on to with no stones in it is a left-handed glove. So a lot of people thought that it was like the other half no, of I think the they Infinity just, Gauntlet. They, they just they just retconned that. They're like, uh, yeah, we got total it. retcon. Yeah, it's it was a total it was, a swipe away with a huge fan theory. That's why also this Thanos fan theory may never come to any conclusion. Um, anyways, so Loki releases by putting uh, Surtur's helmet into the Eternal Flame releases. Surtur, and Surtur is huge because if he was ever to be and what I think they said like if he was ever to be an Asgard, he would be as big as a mountain. Well, he's as big as a fucking mountain. He lays waste to Asgard. I mean, he fucking Ragnarok's the fuck out of Asgard, hmm. and in the process, quote unquote, stabs and kills Hela. He just really crushes her with his giant sword. It's kind of off screen. They, I think they could bring her back if they really want to. Yeah, exactly. Is Hela is dead, right? Yeah. but Or I mean, is she death? Because like she's she the die. goddess of death. Yeah. So she can't die. Maybe exactly. they, they could, they can do that. Yeah. Oh, and during the fight, by the way, during the fight with uh, Hela, Thor loses an eye. what do you think of that? Oh, he just threw it out there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, losing an eye is the new losing a hand. It is, but it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's something that, uh, once again, the character of old King Thor, he also lost an eye and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's also a way to tie it back into his father and taking over his father's, uh, rule. Yeah. His father lost an eye. That's why they did it. His battle. They also did it as, uh, uh, cause they faked out him losing a hand in, in dark world. Like, oh, okay, right. this I felt like that was kind of like making good on 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 like, yeah, we didn't the balls to actually do that with Dark World. So, we're you gonna, know, we're going to actually go. Ahead he do loses it. a hand in the comics as well. Yeah, uh, this I did. I actually didn't wasn't sure about like whether or not he had ever lost a, a, an eye. Wait, he lost a hand in the comics in the in old King Thor arc. Yeah, he loses an eye. He has a lot. He's lost an eye, but he's also lost uh, a whole arm. I think it's like his uh, left arm. He lost his left arm. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah. I, so I was thrown off because I kept waiting for the eye to come back because of the shots from the trailer with him having both the glowing eyes and that shots in the movie. It's just he's got one fuck. It's only one eye glowing because right. they, they just did that just for the, the trailer to because again, they, they can just make the trailers different now. They also did that for Avengers Infinity Wars Comic-Con teaser. Dicks. 
They they had um, Chris Hemsworth Thor still with both eyes. He didn't have his eye patch. And guess what? In Infinity War, he will be missing an eye, and that well, character yeah, from this to. point on will be having an eye patch. Yeah, that, that, no, that, that that would be wrong if he he didn't, because that would be a. Now they've done two major damages to him undone. Yep. Uh, I hope I hope I hope Aquaman loses a hand at the end of Aquaman. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, Aquaman loses his hand in the DCAU and in I guess Aquaman comics. Uh, yeah, he does in the comics. In the comics, he loses his hand, and in the uh, yes, in the DCAU, he loses his hand, and it's great. And when my daughter watched that scene, when he has to cut his hand off to save his child who's sinking into a lava pit under the ocean, uh, I remember my daughter being like, "Oh shit!" and like covered her eyes up, like this is so fucking intense. Dude, that this is, little that baby's was, gonna die. That was extreme. Uh, that's a very good episode too. So I was happy we finally got old King Thor by having him lose his eye by actually being. The king of Asgard. Yep. And interesting thing, the music that plays at the end of the movie while uh, Thor is walking towards his throne, quote unquote, in the spaceship, um, it's the same music that plays in the beginning of the first Thor film when he's walking to his throne and his dad's on his throne. And that whole scene was to literally hand over the rule of Asgard to Thor. That scene, the beginning of Thor, is to make Thor king of Asgard. And everything gets stirred up because Loki brings in the fucking frost giants and shit gets fucked up. And then Thor goes and fights the frost giants in Jotunheim and then gets banished to Earth. And then Earth comes into play Midgard. And then Thor's whole world is rocked. And he doesn't even want to be king anymore. He just wants to live on Midgard. So this whole thing, right, comes full circle at the end of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Where And they play the same musical score. They actually play the same score... From uh, Thor the Dark World, when uh, his mother dies, Frigga, her funeral scene, they played that same score for um, uh, for the uh, play, the Matt Damon play, and the uh, Sam Neill play, and the uh, Luke Hemsworth play. Yep. It's fucking great. I loved it. There was This movie was tied into the other two films, but it will feel vastly different when you watch it as a trilogy. No, yeah, it won't work as a trilogy. It's fine. It's a standalone episode in the Marvel TV series. How many in credits scenes were there? Because I only watched the first one, and I, I needed. There to were get two, out of there. so there were two final like scenes. So the first, the mid credit scene is uh, Thanos's ship, the Sanctuary Two, mm-hmm. actually coming up and like positioning itself right up alongside Thor's Asgardian spaceship with all of the Asgard in there, and that's called the Sanctuary Two. That is something uh, Kevin Feige did say eventually, yeah, in an article, and that's a reference to the fact that. The um, sanctuary is what that that rock, that space rock asteroid field that Thanos lives in in Guardians of the Galaxy and in the Avengers. In his chair, and it was his chair. <laughs> right, in his chair, his little space chair with its little gravity, fucking little anti-gravity ports. Um, that's called a sanctuary, and that's called the domain of Thanos. That that sanctuary. So I guess he calls his flagship the Sanctuary Two. Yeah, and we'll see. What happens there? According to the Avengers Infinity War leaked trailer, Thor's just tumbling in space when the Guardians bump into him in the middle of their traveling through space. Yeah. And so it sounds like shit goes bad for the spaceship, right? I, I guess. I mean, I guess they were going to Earth, and I guess they didn't make it. What was the other one? Well, back to the spaceship. Um, my guess is that with the spaceship, though, is that Loki has the Tesseract, and he tries to barter 
everyone's lives because now Loki's a good guy. He's like an anti-hero. He's not a bad guy anymore. Yeah. Um, I, my idea is that Loki like tries to finally give the Tesseract back to Thanos. Remember, he promised Thanos the Tesseract back in the Avengers. Yes. So he finally does that, right? And maybe he tries to barter Asgard, but it goes wrong because Loki fucked up and didn't do it sooner. I don't know. Maybe something that fact. I think Loki, the Tesseract, and Thanos being in that ship are all coming to a head. We'll just see that at the beginning of Avengers Infinity War. And then you asked uh, what the uh, other end credit scene is? Yeah. I didn't see it. So the final end credit scene is uh, the Grandmaster gets out of his crashed spaceship and he's surrounded by all those um, people that Thor was surrounded by on the Sakaar. Yeah. Like the, from the very beginning, the people that wanted to eat him and kill him. Mm -hmm. So the Grandmaster pretty much tells them that, like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, you kind of needed me. You needed me to be this guy so you can have this revolution because look at this amazing revolution we created together. So he starts kind of spinning it like he it was because of him they have a, rev a revolution in the first place. So uh, it, it, that, that's about it. And then he, he ends up asking if they can have a tie. Okay. That was that was not worth waiting for. No, it absolutely wasn't worth waiting for. I learned that the big the important ones that will reflect on the next movies are after the credits. And there's a silly little one right after the very, very end. Right, yeah, mainly because they realize that they're loose people, um, and they don't want like major plot lines to go unnoticed. All those sad people waiting in the theater as I as I left as I left Wonder Woman, just like Marvel's conditioned us to stay here. Yeah, I went with Cool Boy Andy and two other friends, and um, one of them was like, "Why are we still sitting?" And I and I had to. Uh, Andy helped uh, be at least with the. Uh, we're waiting for a scene at the end. We don't know what it's going to be. So, yeah, the last scene was just the Grandmaster essentially in rubble, uh, having to endure um, everything that he used to love torn down around him. The exact same ending the Collector had in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first film. All right. Well, here we go, Felk. We finally did it. We're done. Let's do our quick cool boy ranking of the films with Thor in them in the MCU. Uh. So this will be Thor, the Avengers... Thor The Dark World, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Thor Ragnarok. All right, I'll do That's this. That's five films. Put them in a ranking order, Felco. Best, best of worst, best of worst? Yeah, li listen, five being the worst, one being number one. Oh, I'm going to send... Uh, no, I want to go best to worst. Okay, then say one as your number one. One to five. Number one would be Avengers. That's your, that's your favorite. Yes. Number two would be Thor Ragnarok. Number three... I guess... I guess be... Age of Ultron is a movie, but we're just talking about Thor. I'll go with the first Thor. First Thor for number three. Then Age of Ultron, then Dark World. I did it. I, I yeah, won. I, I actually, that's exactly my list. So my list would be starting with number five would be, yeah, Thor, the Dark World. And then my number four would be Avengers Age of Ultron. Ultron. My number three would be Thor. My number two would be Thor Ragnarok. And my number one would be the Avengers because the Avengers still holds up to me. What's 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 the fifth letter in Panther? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You finally connected the dots. That's it. And it's the sixth Infinity Stone that comes after five. <sighs> Thor. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every Tuesday. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast. And join our Facebook group as the Cool Boys Podcast. You can email us 
at the cool boys podcast at gmail.com be sure to like and subscribe to us on youtube you can find us on youtube by searching for the cool boys podcast uh be sure to rate and review us on itunes and you can donate to us on patreon and receive additional episodes of cool boys after dark and a cool boy shout out on our normal episodes that air every monday you can find the cool boys on patreon at patreon.com slash cool boys podcast Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy nation. Don't lose an eye. And until next time, it's Bizees from Felton. And that's Bizees from Ballard. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Without even a damn silly, get out of here! Oh, yeah! <laughs> 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 this episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... Which, by the way, Cool Boy Nation, Hannah, I, fucking six out of five Cool Boys, Hannah is awesome. Eh, it's okay. Hannah's not that good. Um, did, did you get that she was actually a man in Hannah? She was transgender? No, I didn't get that. Really? Six out of five pool boys, and you missed the whole thing where she's Hannah's father. I totally didn't get that. Yeah. Oh, I missed it. There's I several, have to watch that again. It's 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 in there. I look it up on Wikipedia. How, okay, well, real quick, Hannah, for you, how many cool boys? I'd give it four out of five. I think it's very. I think it's pretty good. But uh, in, in oh, the, dude, Chemical Brothers destroy that the, film. Oh, the Chemical Brothers music is really cool. But I, oh, I it's so good. I don't think so that, good. Hannah's six out of five. What do you mean the opening? That opening is like an hour long. The opening is with her hunting deer with uh, Eric Bannon. Oh, okay. The prologue. The prologue. Yeah, that's cool. But no, the, and then the escape, too, from the, the prison. The escape's an hour. This, 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 well, the escape's an hour in, you mean. No, I feel like that whole escape, like, I feel like once she, like, they set the button off, I feel like you're in the movie on this, like, roller coaster for, like, the next hour. I might no, just no, be no, exaggerating because that's how I to, felt. Like, to getting to the surface. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. From when they push the button in the forest to the escape to the surface, where she, before she meets the family, I feel like that's like almost 60 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about specifically after she breaks the neck of the girl who's pretending oh, to be her. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yes, you're talking uh, about what I need to watch it again. In. I think that is a very good movie. Um, it's great. It's got a slow second act, but I love that second act. Pay and attention I just to the whole. Oh, we're way off topic here. Pay, pay yeah. attention to the scene with Kate Blanchett in with like uh, she's with like some gangster or something, and he talks about like I'm not a man as much of a man as you were. Like the, there's all these lines about like how she's perhaps a man somehow. And, oh, and you're talking also, about the other assassin. Yeah, that sounds the right. The other hitman, yeah. Yeah, and, and just all the mystery with who's Hannah's father, Eric Bannon's oh. not her father, who's her father, what, what what is Kate Blanchett's relationship to her? It's in there. Oh, I just assumed she I'm was just this running up. that program. Hannah cast, everyone. <laughs> I thought she was just running that program. Hannah's awesome. I really love Hannah. Get some cool boys. <laughs> <laughs> so serious.